0: Warning, the following podcast may contain material that is inappropriate for listeners that are under the age of 18, are easily offended, or get annoyed listening to the rantings of holier-than-thou-know-it-alls that are anything but. Hi, this is Jeff Nimoy, the voice of Wolfwood, and you are listening to Anime World Order. Welcome to another episode of Anime World Order. This is show number 32 for August 29th, 2006. I am Daryl Surratt, recording this intro at 1.15 in the morning, because apparently we didn't record an introduction for this week. I thought we had one, but we didn't. Anyway, normally, each week, we discuss the news, review anime, review manga, respond to listener feedback. But this week is different. This week, we have our Otakon report, and that's the entire show. It's also different because Clarissa sort of forgot to show up for this recording, so she's not in this episode at all. You might say she didn't go to Oticon anyway, so what's it matter, but hey, I'm sure lots of you people who like Clarissa would've valued her input anyway, because without her, what can I say, we go completely bonkers on this program. Additionally, I had acute bronchitis during the recording of this, and so my voice sounds pretty terrible. In fact, I'm just getting over it right now. I still have a bit of it left over, and I'm kind of mad about that because I'm supposed to be okay, but I'm not. So yeah, your feedback is, as always, welcome. You can visit our website at www.animeworldorder.com for the full show notes for this episode, along with relevant links. You can leave a comment there. Comments seem to be a pretty popular way of getting in touch with us. Email us at animeworldorder at gmail.com or call us and leave us a voicemail at 206-666-4AWO. We also have the send me an audio link if you want to record an MP3 using your computer's microphone, just click on that on our website at animeworldorder.com, and if you have Flash installed, it'll load up a little Flash applet, and you can record, and then send us the message that way. With any luck, it's forwarding them properly to my email address now. On the donations front, yes, we met our goal. I'd like to thank all you guys. I totally didn't expect that to happen, but... You totally blew away my expectations. So what I've done is I've ordered the mixer board. I've ordered two preamps. I haven't ordered the third one yet because, as we had mentioned, J-Con had offered to match us $250 if we met our goal, and I figured I'd probably wait about a month or so after AWA has passed, maybe before asking for that. So without further ado, on with the convention report. Hope this isn't too painful. It is, after all. Me and Gerald talking for an hour and a half with Zach. Oh, right, I haven't introduced our guest for this episode. Well, I'll do that now at the start of the segment. And just so you know, Gerald edited about the first 50 minutes of this episode, so if it sounds weird or whatever, it's Gerald's fault. I didn't even listen to it. I'm just taking it and putting it in and uploading the episode because I figure, hey, it's been 30-some episodes now. He knows how to do this, yeah. Yeah. That's not the case, let me know. All right, now it's time for our Oticon 2006 report. Joining us for this special episode of Anime World Order where we're just going to complain, mostly. We figured we may as well go to the expert, the Answer Man from Anime News Network, Mr. Zach Birchie. Hey, Answer Man! What, what's going on, guys? Hey. <laughs> so yeah, Oticon, <laughs> second largest convention in the United States, and by extension, the world. Clearly, that must mean it's the second best. I've never been to Otakon until this year. Gerald, you're a veteran of it. Mm. What do you usually expect when you attend the convention of otaku generation?
1: Usually, I expect panels run by relatively competent people, I expect a couple of interesting panels with the uh, Japanese guests, and, you know, something of interest in the dealer's room, and usually meeting some friends.
0: Meeting friends. Mm. By contrast, Zach, you have to go to these things. What do you, you expect out of Otakon each year? Uh,
2: well, you know, it's interesting. Generally, in the in the previous Otakons I've been to, I, I've been to three, I think, now. Normally, I expect, you know, it's like Anime Expo, except it's more fan-oriented. Because, you know, like, Anime Expo is very, like, industry-driven. Whereas Otakon is really, like, fan-driven. So... It's sort of the opposite of Anime Expo in a sense. And what I expect is industry panels where there's, you know, a lot of announcements and stuff like that. And it's really big and you've got to wander around the Baltimore Convention Center or whatever. But I, I do expect, like, a heavier fan presence. It's kind of like if Anime Expo and Akon in Dallas, like, had a baby. Like, that's kind of what I would expect from Otacon. And that's what I got.
0: This year, I see. I've heard terrifying things about ACON. Yeah, so yeah, I experienced it it firsthand.
2: firsthand. (laughs) (laughs) I experienced that one firsthand. Oh man! So
0: would you say maybe since you've been to both conventions, AX sort of would you say AX
2: sort of represents West Side fandom, and Otacon is East? I don't know. Yes, and actually, um, in my previous column, I I wrote a column last week that specifically said. like, here are the differences between East Coast and West Coast anime fandom. Now, my hope was that it would start a hip-hop-style feud right. that would create related slang. Create our slings. first
0: anime convention shooting.
2: Yes, and we would have related slangs and maybe somebody would put out an album or something, but that didn't really happen. But there is a distinct difference between East Coast and West Coast, and you can't see it any better than attending both Expo and Otakon.
1: Yeah, you were mentioning that Otakon is kind of like just a big party almost.
2: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, uh, you were there. I mean, it. It. You well, guys I've, saw I've, never that. Been,
1: yeah, I've never been to Anime Expo at all. I've just heard about it. So.
2: But you know, but you know what Otakon is like.
1: Yes, I and, do. And I mean, yeah. you
2: got to know that. Like, you looked, and there's music playing in the convention center all the time, and there's people everywhere. It's really, really crowded, and people are really rowdy. I mean, it's not like that at Expo. There's no music in the convention center. People are relatively well behaved. Mike Tatsugawa you know, <laughs> wears his
0: shades indoors. It's all very. Yeah.
2: I don't know, Tatsuga was invited. No, yeah, no, he's gone. He's out of the <laughs> picture now. He's, he's rocking PMX, whatever the hell that con's about. Oh, I've been there. Oh. We uh, we got in trouble because we called it Pacific Media Ghost Town. Oh. They they got really mad at us for that. But it was, and I tried to tell them, Hey, are you trying to tell me that the, you know for a fact that the Long Beach Convention Center is not haunted? I tried to convince them. There was like 300 people there. It was kind of sad. Oh but... wow,
0: that's even <laughs> Florida cons are better than that deal. Yeah. Oh, well. So yeah, um, let's talk about before we actually get into Otacon itself, let's talk about getting to Otacon and the uh, hassles associated therein. Fortunately, Otacon happened right before all liquids were banned on airline flights. Did you have any problems on your flight getting over here, Gerald?
1: Nope, I usually don't, and this is no exception. It was just a regular flight over for me.
0: Uh, I had uh, delays. Our plane was uh, delayed for about two hours for no reason, which made me feel like a, a shitheel because I left work two hours early <laughs> so I could catch the flight. Oh, well. However, the uh, light rail in Baltimore was new for
1: me. so that was. Uh... Tell them about the light rail. What does that mean? Well... Previously in Baltimore, if you wanted to get into the uh, the city itself from the airport, you usually had to take a $30 to $40 cab ride in. And just this year, apparently, they completed the construction of this light rail system, which is just basically a, a public transportation system. That's really all it is. And instead of a $30 to $40 ride, it's a sixty or so.
2: Damn so. machine was out of change. I had to pay $2. <laughs> Man, I had to pay $40 for a uh, car service. Because I flew in from Orange County, and I had no idea what the light rail was. So some guy was like, hey, you need a ride? While I was walking out, I'm like, sure, you know, because I'm out of town. and I'm an idiot. And I wound up handing the guy 220s (laughs) walking out of his SUV or whatever.
0: Man, I wish Uh some guy had asked me, hey, you need a ride? Because not only (laughs) did I have to bring my bag, we decided it would be a good idea to promote the podcast. So we ordered flyers printed up. And apparently the way printing costs are set up nowadays, it's cheaper to order 5,000 full-color flyers than it is to order or get printed up like 100. It's bizarre. So I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Way of the Gun, where they ask for several million dollars, yeah, not yeah. really realizing just how heavy several million dollars in even $100 bills is, so it shows up in several trucks worth. I had a 50-pound box that I had to carry. I only weigh about hundred and ten pounds. So, carrying this box from essentially across the airport to the light rail nearly killed me. And then on top of that, the stop does not stop directly in front of the con area, or the hotel. You've gotta cross a few blocks. Fortunately, there were anime people who saw my plight and offered to
2: carry my parcels, so there's the the Boy Scout troop presence. I got I got a comment on that. I I, I do notice that fans at Oticon are much friendlier, and they're much not, like they're more likely to strike a, a conversation up with a stranger. They're way more likely to talk to you. Like if you go to AX, people like don't even like to look at each other in the face. Is that Better a California it, thing? Maybe. Well, you know what? It might be a <laughs> California thing. <laughs> I've only lived here for like a year and change, so I couldn't really tell you, but. Oticon, everybody is much nicer. Like they're way more likely to totally like come up to you and interact with you as a stranger. And I can't tell you whether or not I like that, because half the time, I half punch the time, time in the they're face. like
0: lunatic people. But yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the vision of Expo as being just you know this 40,000 people all den otako like with their backpacks
2: and looking down at the ground whenever you try <laughs> to. No, well Expo Expo pulls in a lot more uh, normal people. Ca- like well it pulls in a lot of casual fans okay. and. Like Southern California has a huge anime community, but it's all kind of casual. Mm. So people just kind of show up, have a good time, party a little bit, and go home. It's not like, yeah, internet and I'm here and partying down and also scream catchphrases. Like that's not really what happens at Expo. I totally. Opposite. All right. So Thursday, I guess
0: by the time I arrived, Gerald, you'd been there for several hours. Tell us about what you were doing, enjoying the the life while I was suffering.
1: Yeah, well, basically the, uh, the general tradition is to, you know, check into your room, recover after the plane flight, and then go and, you know, get ready to sit in line for roughly three hours or so. And so... That's
0: the early... Wait, so let me get this straight. There's the early badge pickup on Thursday night, correct? Correct. And the purpose of the early badge pickup is so you don't have to wait in the terrifying line the next day, Right. Um, I think it might be more for the
1: people who just want to be able to get in right away when the con opens.
0: Okay, because the story I heard, what time was the early badge pickup from? From when? It when? was.
1: It was designated from, I believe, five to ten.
0: Okay, so or if five it started to nine, started at five, when did people start lining up?
1: There was a guy who I am told started lining up at five a.m. That what? is what I believe.
2: And was he in well, costume? And- on Thursday.
1: On Thursday. Jesus. Christ. I'm not kidding. I I saw this guy myself. I didn't actually talk to him, but apparently some other people did and said he got there at 5 a.m. And I will
2: Why actually. Why would you do that? I'm predicting he could not wait to get into the dealer's room and bottle the unique stench, <laughs> and then sell it as a cologne later. Oh, that, no, that fanboy. <laughs> dealer's room. Holy crap. Anyway, I'm sorry, we're on that side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, um, so <laughs> there was I this line give...
0: on Thursday, so to, you had to get okay. in this line so you wouldn't have to wait in line, essentially.
1: Well, basically, to me, I observe it as kind of unusual in that one year, the line on Thursday, you'll end up waiting longer than the line on Friday. And another year, the line on Friday will be more terrifying because everyone who waited the previous year will then go in on Friday.
0: Well, this so, year Otacon did away with the single day passes. You could only get 3-day badges for $50. That's right. So, how did that affect the Thursday line in compared to years past?
1: Well, from what I understand, there were people who were people who were still in line up till around mm, 8 or so. I understand though that the line moved very swiftly and I will actually give Otacon credit. The weather in Baltimore was un freaking believably awful and the weather in Baltimore is always bad that time of year. And by that I mean it is like a friggin' sauna in the entire city. It is <clears throat> it feels like a hundred degrees and you are sweaty and there's no wind, and this year it was must have been like a hundred and five degrees, with bright sun, no wind. And it seems like the Otacon people understood this, so I had only waited there for maybe half an hour or so before they pulled everybody into the auditorium, they didn't open up the registration booths, they just had us sit inside. So I'll Can give I, them credit I, for that.
2: I gotta say, like, you're right. The weather was absolutely horrifying, and in terms of Baltimore, like, you're already in, and you know what? It has nothing to do with Oticon. I'm not saying anything bad about Oticon, but Baltimore Baltimore's, well, Baltimore's really, is a shitty
0: place. Baltimore
2: <laughs> yes. is, is a shithole. It is. To be frank, you're in one of the worst cities ever, and it's sweltering, and you're, the, it's hell. I mean, it is hell. I imagine when I die, I'm going to wake up, and I'll be in Baltimore. Oh, not yeah. Detroit. At Oticon. At that weekend. <laughs> and the, the conditions will be just like that, and for whatever reason, it will never end.
1: That sounds about right. So. And then
2: you'll get a phone call
0: from a guy saying, you know, the funny thing is, there's a room in heaven that's just like this. Like that Twilight <laughs> Zone episode from my time to be I'm sure. out these Rod Serling references <laughs> Anyway I did not make it in time for the line by the time I arrived everybody was in a restaurant and the restaurant I guess uh, didn't want to serve anybody anymore because they were at their fanboy limit on Thursday night.
1: Yeah actually once I got my badge I was actually on my way to the podcasters meeting <laughs>
0: to the podcasters meeting. I missed What's out
1: on this. You're going to have to tell me about it, Gerald. Oh, oh, you did, didn't you? Well, I uh, got a call from Aaron from Ninja Consultants, and I uh, went over to the Marriott where apparently Aaron, Noah, oh, God, I'm going to forget people's names here. Aaron from Weekly Anime Review, I believe AnimePodcast.net was there, and all of their friends, and uh, we met up and chatted and then uh, went off to have dinner when you called, and uh, so I didn't get to eat anything.
0: All oh, right, right. I forgot to mention the extra added perk of the light rail. Since it was just constructed, it apparently doesn't quite work all that well. Because partway through my train ride, the train just stopped. Not at a stop or anything. In the middle of nowhere. No lights, no anything. Then it started to go backwards. <laughs> then the conductor came out and said, I don't know what's wrong with this thing. And I was expecting Dennis Leary and his band of roving thugs to come out and assault us like Judgment Night. But fortunately, he got the thing started up, and I eventually managed to make it there alive. But, yeah, it was pretty harrowing. Baltimore.
1: You just have really bad experiences.
0: Maybe I seek them out, or maybe they come to me.
1: I think, yeah, one of the two, because I didn't have a single problem with it.
2: Zach, were you in the Thursday line? Uh, dudes, I don't... I don't wait in lines at anime conventions. I yeah, I, don't mean yeah. to be a, I don't mean to be a dick or anything, but like, there's you, no point you, to waiting in the line. Well, no, what? You, like, look. I mean, Otakon makes press jump through hoops. I, I I've never been not press at an anime convention once. Back in like '97, I was a fan, but after that, I always was press. And Otakon makes people jump through hoops to get press badges. But, yeah, I know. But well, they do. Also but did, did you guys? Daryl no got press. I didn't. Yeah, How did of, you not get press? Because well, that's Darryl, the hoops that they're the talking about.
1: Joke. Yeah, the, those are the hoops, pretty much. So. We okay. both
2: applied together on the same
0: form. And that's the requirements weird. for podcasters and bloggers, for one, they were impossible to fulfill. It said, oh, must exist before January 1st, 2005. Podcasting did not become anything until June yeah, of 2005. No, yeah. So right there, most podcasters I
2: know... They didn't bother to apply because it's like, oh, I don't qualify. Me and I, I mean, like... like, well, like Oticon's policy is designed to keep people like you out. Yeah, and, and it was <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, well. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that like because you guys suck or whatever. I'm well, No, saying it's because like, we're not big, and well, they made that yeah, very clear to us. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, like, I'm I'm with Anime News Network. They make us jump through the same hoops. Like, I still have to jump through all these damn hoops. I still gotta. Scan in forms with my signature on them and and do all this stuff. I still have to do that. At NMA Expo, they don't do that. Like pretty much anyone can get in. It was a big complaint this year. You know, I, I get along with Jim Valves, You know, the guy who runs Otacon. Yeah, right. at least until this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, at least until this year. But I got along with him and everything, and we're we're trying to broker like a deal where like they don't really do that with. I don't understand. Well, they're the second big the huge
0: con. <laughs> Are the 40 people or whoever who are press really affecting their bottom line that
2: much that they've got to go through all this stuff, or what? Let me me put it to you this way. Like, I walked into San Diego Comic-Con this year.
0: Okay, yeah, 40,000 people at that place. I
2: didn't even have a business card at San Diego Comic-Con. I showed up with a printout from the website with my staff bio on it. And I walked up and I said, can I have a press badge? And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I I think Otakon's kind of trying to avoid that, because there are so many, like, here's my live journal where I talk about anime, can I get in for free? Right. Like, they're they're, they're really desperately trying to avoid that. And I understand that was
0: why the requirements for bloggers were what they were, but when the requirements for podcasters were that, such that there's not a single podcast in existence that would qualify, when I sent in my application, I pointed this out to them. Partly to be a smartass. Partly to see if it would well, actually but, matter. And it actually but you did got matter. It, as, it did matter, and you got yeah. in as press, right? Yeah, and they wrote <laughs> back saying, oh, thank you for bringing this up because we didn't know. But then they said, oh, you still have to pay to get in. And, oh, by the way, only one of you is getting the press badge, even though it's both you guys applying. And wow. I don't yeah. know what's the deal. With-
1: we actually held a couple of uh, interviews with legitimate press as well. Actually, just one panel with legitimate press. And they might have well, as well not have been there. I mean, they were good guys, but it didn't seem like the legitimate press really knew what they were there for.
2: <laughs> to be frank, there wasn't a lot of legitimate press at Oticon. Right. There was uh, only there was. like s- eight people there, or something. Well, there yeah. was there. Uh, we were there. Anime yeah. News Network was there. Anime Insider was there, and Newtype was kind of there. And to be frank, I mean, they. It wasn't. I mean, o- everybody shows up. The press shows up to Anime Expo. To Expo because that's, that's where they go. That's where the industry they go, stuff is. Because that's where the industry goes. So at Oticon, something like that. I mean, I I don't. It's important. They're keeping people reason? It's really not as important. And realistically, they're trying to prevent people because they know, like, not a lot of press shows up. Like, they get a couple of press and that's it. Like, press that actually matters. And there's only, like, three or four publications that matter when it comes to anime. So, you know, they're trying to sort of prevent, like, I run a live journal and here's my press credentials. They're preventing that and I get it, but they still require even the bigwigs to jump through flaming hoops and to be frank and I'll, I'll put this out there your podcast is very good and I think they should just give you a pass on the press credentials so next year hopefully you maybe know what, next know. year we'll have a little more <laughs> build up maybe well we'll see i don't know i mean jim vows oh, if he's a, if he's there next year he's a very reasonable person hopefully he'll uh, he won't make you uh, jump through as many flaming hoops as you had to do this year
0: But anyway, uh, what happened to me, Friday morning, I got up, and the line was horrifying, of course. It happens every year, goes outside the convention center, wraps around blocks, and it's thousands of people. And so, fortunately, I got to just walk up and go into the special needs line, which was the press line, (laughs) and there was only about 30 people or so in line. And fortunately, it got to be inside the convention center, which is air-conditioned as opposed to outside in the sweltering heat. But at the same time, the drawback was the line didn't move at all for 45 minutes. So I, I'm not going to complain about that, since at least I wasn't outside in the 100-degree weather. But there wasn't very many people, and then it came time, finally, after about an hour of absolutely nobody moving, then the line went very quickly, very soon. And then I got to experience what the Oticon registration this year was. Which is basically this. You hand them your badge, your pre-reg form, which you have to print out, by the way, and present to them. Because I guess they don't have a book of life saying who's supposed to be there. Maybe they do.
1: They do, but they say it's much easier to get it if you have the printout.
0: And then the next thing on the agenda is they ask you to pick out a badge. And this year, they had something like 15 I'm looking at
1: it now. They had 12 badges. I've got the photograph badges. of all the badges okay. in front of me.
0: I probably took a photograph too, but yeah, 12 badges. Now, how many of those, Gerald, are shows you can identify? And you're a relatively smart guy.
1: Let's see. You one. Know about the
0: anime? How many can you two, can
2: pick up? Three, out?
1: four, five, six, seven, eight. About eight badges, and like half, three quarters of those, I'm ashamed to know.
2: Yeah. Hey, so I would like to know, what badges did you guys pick? Well, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. There was no, no, very no, little... no, no, there's no qualifications. Just okay, tell me. no
0: qualifications,
2: I picked the Helsing <laughs> badge.
1: And I picked the Speedgrapher badge.
2: All I right, Daryl, to... well, you and me are brothers, I picked the Helsing badge as well. Right, and let's go into why <laughs> that is.
0: The reason being was because usually when you have multiple badge options to pick from at a convention, it's because... Each different badge design represents a different genre of anime. Right. let say you have, like, the one with the pretty guys on it, and then the one with the robot on it, and then the one with, like...
1: Shonen fighting.
0: Yeah, with the Girl. fighting show character on it, or the video game dude, or something like that. hmm This year, it was all just, like... Almost... The girls' t- shows were all just the pretty guys, and the guys' shows were all creepy, like, harem show crap. Yes, we like there was Trinity Blood or something, but Trinity Blood is shitty.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it, it was
1: pretty bad this year and I mean, I know that how it works is that they get mandated these badges by the the industry. It's it's the like industry. Up,
0: this is what we want to and... push or whatever. And I mean,
2: No, they don't they're... they don't get mandated by those badges, guys. You know they pay for them. Come on. Oh, okay. But, but they but say, made... This is what we want. Otakon needs to make money like anyone else. Those are obviously paid for. Come on, you guys well, are stupid.
1: But what, what I mean by that is that they. Is <laughs> that,
2: oh yes, we are. Uh,
1: yeah. What I mean is that they don't. They don't just sit in a circle and say, "Oh, this is what," you know. Otakon?
2: No, they don't. It, that, it's got to be. Yeah. No. Exactly. Those are all it's sponsored.
1: Like, it's not like a like a small con where they can just pick whatever they want. It's.
2: Oh
0: yeah, they have to get permission to use all this art. But the point yeah. is, is that the bad band was are so <laughs> iffy. That pretty much everybody chose the Helsing badge and everything else just didn't really get picked. And such that by Friday morning the Helsing badge was sold out. Yep.
2: Well it, sold, admittedly it was sold out. I mean it was the coolest looking one. I mean it it really did look good. It was a nice illustration. I see. Would it I was been nice to have one I heard it was the freaking thing. giant robot there though. Yeah, there was no
0: mecha anything or whatever i yeah. i heard from a lot of people that the helsing
2: badge was the only thing they could recognize really we had a lot of i mean uh, among my staff there were a couple and we had like five people there there was a lot of speed grapher and some i i think i was the only helsing but we had a couple of speed graphers and i believe a couple of trinity bloods too those which, people I'm, should not be trusted those trinity blood people <laughs> You're gonna have to track him down.
0: <laughs>
1: I saw a good friend of mine wearing a Kyokara Mao badge, and now I now he's I just not don't friend talk to friend anymore. Him. Yeah, <laughs> but seriously, I, I'm fine with the fact that they've got, you know, the pretty boy badge and things like that. But they really need to spread it out a little bit more. And it's not like my con experience is now a completely bad one because of the badges. No. It's just something to note. It's a really little thing that they could fix. When the world is reduced to a radioactive cinder floating in the frozen heart of space, and mankind has long since ceased to be, I take comfort in the fact that if the alien anthropologists excavate the remains of our shattered civilization, they will no doubt be able to learn everything they needed to know about human beings from a single, solitary movie. Which movie? Weekend at Bernie's 2. www.fearthegooberzilla.com. The greatest movie ever podcast.
0: As for something that they did good, since I want to try and be fairly objective on this, right next to the sign display saying what you wanted to choose was another sign. And this was a really good sign. It was a sign that said, No signs! They caused traffic jams, and it had this little anime picture of like a Oticon staffer with a plastic mallet about to inflict grievous harm upon someone with a Will Glomp for Pocky sign made out of cardboard. And that was a really good thing that Oticon did this year. They banned the sign people. And they had to do it because
1: last year was utterly insane.
2: Uh, yeah, I remember last what's year.
0: What's the sign situation on the west coast? Just as bad? or
2: You know what? It Ultimately, it's not as noticeable. I mean, I gotta gotta say, I gotta bring this up again, you know, having gone to Acon. When you go to Acon, it is a... It's like you're dropped into a hole, and you're surrounded by people who have signs, and they all say something that's terribly offensive, and each one is worse than the last. But, in the West Coast, at AX, it's... Ultimately, I mean, it's not as bad as it could be, but they're not cracking down as much because the space is so large, and... Even a crowd of fifty thousand people, you don't see that many. Maybe the crowd is so big and the space is so large that you could have, you know, a thousand signs, but and you're it wouldn't never mean gonna mean anything. Yeah, it wouldn't mean anything. So yeah, whereas well, around some signs. here if
0: you didn't ban signs, you'd have twenty thousand people and sixteen thousand people with signs. And that's well, pretty it, much what they had last year.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean is it, is it me or when you go to Oticon, does it feel like you've got, you know, twenty thousand people crammed into a shoebox? I mean, it really does kind of feel like that at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, we got to see that it wasn't just talk. A lot of times
0: we've been to conventions where they say signs are banned, and then you still see the signs are pretty much as bad as always. We actually saw, as we were walking, some guy with a sign, and then a staffer just swoop in and snatch the sign from that guy's you know, hands and mm-hmm. say, no signs, and then the guy was all heartbroken, and I felt good. Yeah, it's good to see people's fun crushed. Of course, there was a downside to the signs policy, because what it ultimately resulted in was not the people with signs soliciting stuff being just shot down and having nothing to do. The end result was there'd be people just standing there screaming at passersby for hugs. That was what taking the signs away ultimately resulted in. Now, I didn't notice that as much as you did. I noticed it. It was there. It wasn't a widespread pandemic yet.
1: I mean, maybe I didn't notice it because there's always a couple of those at every convention. Maybe.
0: Yeah, we noticed it at MegaCon. All right, so the other thing you get after registering, you get the obligatory con packet, which you get a con guide and then a smaller version of the con guide. Now, here's how Otacon (laughs) does it. You got a book, a really large book. Think the size of your average magazine. Full color, all that stuff. But unfortunately, it has zero useful con content in it. It has articles and stuff in it, but the articles are from, like, that chick who wrote Samurai from Outer Space, which is pretty crappy and should be read by nobody.
2: Well, hey, hey, and, listen. Now, I got to tell you, that con guide, the the, the full-color one, it was it, very well-written really, for a con
0: guide. It saved us, and we'll get into that momentarily. But the full-color con guide had just a bunch of tangential information that's good to know it's more like a magazine style thing it's like oh this is informative it's got like some articles on say japanese cinema or something like that i don't have it in front of me gerald you've got it in front of you i do leaf through it
1: they uh, had a story on um densha otoko the movie in it they had some i mean basically it was your average con guide for with just without uh, a schedule in it schedule
0: and and of course the whole reason that anyone really needs the con guide with them at all times is so they can have the schedule. And so I didn't use that book except for maybe 2 minutes out of my whole weekend. I didn't need it. I didn't need to carry it with me. I don't know. It just seemed like a really expensive thing for them to print 25,000 copies of and they
1: usually do this every year and I mean they usually have pretty interesting
0: they had an article in here about
1: the horror films of Nobuo and Nakagawa. And, I, yeah, he doesn't have much to do with anime. Uh, I believe last year they had an article on Thai films or Thai horror films yeah, or something like that. Which is interesting
0: stuff. It's just, as far as being a con guide, an essential document that you're going to need for this weekend, not so much. The document that served that purpose, supposedly, was their pocket program guide. Which, which is actually a roadmap. It's folded up like a roadmap. You have to unfold it like a roadmap and you get the grid and you get the hours of operation and you get descriptions of all the panels and all that's good and well there's just one problem with it Mm-hmm. can you think of the problem gerald well i'm looking at the problem right now Let's look at it and tell me what it is
1: well the problem is is that it's just not conveniently folded enough in order to look just at friday you have to unfold the whole thing if you want to see saturday you have to unfold this massive piece of paper and sunday kinda of disappears i don't know what happened because i remember in previous years, it was designed so that you could look at, you know, the, the days a lot more easily. But it's something that, considering that people are going to be relying on this thing all weekend, something I, I thought that they would have looked at more closely.
0: Yeah, the other problem with it was that the schedule
1: was wrong. Well, come on now. The, the errata always happens. And well, they ha- I don't mean the errata.
0: I mean things like basic things like hours of operation, the dealer's room, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's a joke the map of where these rooms are located. It's not labeled
2: right. Now, wait, 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 hey, now. Now, the dealer's room no, was open yeah. 12 to 8 on Friday. Really? Yes, it but was. it was open 10 to 6 every other day. Three,
0: actually, on the Sunday.
2: It oh, was, on Sunday. I'm, okay, right, sorry. Yes. News to me, I thought when I tried to go in there, like,
0: oh, it's closed. Maybe I'm thinking AFO. Did you,
2: did you try to go in there at, like, 7 on Saturday?
0: No, I have no recollection of these things. They all blur together. <laughs> but... The room labeling for the convention center <laughs> oh, is God. not quite uh a usable map.
2: No, I think I spent about a half an hour trying to find like panel one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wandering around, going up escalators. That, that was a it was a nightmare the layout. It was terrible.
0: Alright, no, that was AFO where they had other names for the rooms that would cause confusion. Like, you'd have panel room one, and it would take place in a room that was called room number two, or something like that. So, that's not relevant to Otacon. But yeah, this map of what rooms are located where, because panel two and panel three very close to each other. Panel four, you have to go upstairs. And well, to yeah. find this out, it's kind of tricky. And then ballrooms one and two, it's their locations are switched on here. It's actually... In a different place, and considering that they've been running out of this convention center for how long, Gerald?
1: Um, since 2000.
0: <laughs> okay, so they've been <laughs> in this place for six years.
1: But the place, the place has been getting smaller and smaller. Well, I should say that the crowd has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's the you know this area has not been getting any bigger. So yeah, but the, the areas remain
0: constant. That's my exactly my point. That they should know what rooms are what. After six years, they should be able to label these things. Correctly, am I off on that? Am I not understanding something?
2: No, no, you're right. But the thing is that they use that bizarro like 3D map thing. Yeah. You know, and nobody understands that. When you look at it, you're like, what? What? Where is this stuff? Like, you have no idea. I look at it and I'm like, where the hell is panel four? You have no idea. (laughs) It's very poorly laid out. The thing is, is that like I I don't blame anyone who works at the convention for that. Like, well, okay i got to blame the guy who decides where the rooms are. But it it just gets confusing after a certain period of time.
0: Right. And I had never been to this convention in my life. I'd never been to to the facility. And this was pretty much what I had to rely on to survive. And it could have been a lot better than it was. Fortunately, I had people with me who had been there. And they could help me out. But, hey, some people, it's their first con. What do you do? Uh, Maybe you ask a staffer. Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) Staff. I've noticed this as a trend for the last several conventions I've gone to, but it seems that anime cons are having a lot of trouble getting their staffers and volunteers to show up. I don't know if I'm qualified to speak on this, since I've vowed to never ever staff or volunteer at an anime convention for as long as I live, but usually... What I've been noticing is, like, at the last few conventions we've been to, there have been cases where the volunteers just plain don't show up for their shifts at all, leaving the few remaining people to just get two hours of sleep for the entire weekend and try to do the work of ten people and spread themselves out way too thin, or they just, you know, aren't helpful. But in this case, Otakon, I really noticed a lot of cases where you couldn't really find information people Around. Maybe it was the fact that their shirts just really were not noticeable from a distance. If you're in a crowd of 10,000 people, the staff people didn't have shirts that said, I'm staff and like some... Oh, Oh,
2: you know, no, I totally agree with you on that one because they were wearing like, it was like a black t-shirt and jeans. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so everybody else here is wearing the exact same thing. Right. And there were times where like the first day I tried to get into the dealer's room, and I didn't have to wait in that stupid line because I had a press badge. And they were like, oh, press doesn't have to wait in the line. And so I would try and cross the line to get to the stairs down to the dealer's room. And they would be like, no, you can't come through here. No, you can't. No, you can't cross the red line or whatever, whatever the, like, red tape they had on the floor. Right. And I had to, like, show them my badge, like, pick the badge up and show it to, like, right, push it in their faces. And they were like, oh, okay, fine. Well, I guess you can go through. And they were like, you know, it's like a security cop. It's like a 15-year-old girl trying to, like, push me back away from the line. But you could not tell, and it was a very hard time, like, figuring out who was actually staffing any of this stuff.
0: Right, and but there was no trouble whatsoever finding out who all the hired security people were, because they had red shirts on, mm-hmm. and their job was pretty much just to check and see if you had a badge. Of course, if you didn't have a badge, they wouldn't do anything.
1: I saw them turn people away.
0: Really? At the door. Yeah, like, I did. They'd really stop 20,000 people from getting in. I mean... Could they really, I don't know. There was a lot I of those them, people, you know, though, much more than there I were. I saw at least
1: one person get stopped, and it, he didn't have a badge and was obviously just trying to sneak in, and they oh, just okay. turned him out.
2: Well, no, I I also saw one guy dressed, he was in Chopper cosplay, you know, Chopper from One Piece. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Chopper cosplay, he was not wearing a shirt, and uh, got t- turned away. Oh, good. <laughs> and we all sort of silently applauded to ourselves.
1: <laughs> oh, I have actually something to bring up now that you mentioned the dealer's room and the line. Now, how is it that they have 300 more people that attend this year than last year, yet the dealer's room line lasts for an hour longer than it did last year?
0: It's because people don't listen to the staff at this place, because apparently that's how you have to do these things to get anything done at Otacon, is not follow the rules. I mean, they said that the dealer's room opened at, what, noon? Or that was the time it was supposedly going to open? Well, they always would say, oh, no lining up for things until whenever. So naturally, when people would start to line up, nobody would come along to disperse the line. They just sort of say, hey, don't, (laughs) I don't know what even they said, don't block the Pocky (laughs) access for the vendors. Because by the time we got there at 10 o'clock, let's say, the entire bottom floor was one giant mass of humanity that was supposedly a line, except the line was running in about two or three different directions and, like, turning in on itself and doing all kinds of weird stuff. Hmm. And I just said, screw it, it's not worth waiting in line for the dealer's room, considering that just about everything that's in there is stuff you can get online anyway.
1: Now, I've just got something to bring up, and this is probably a terrible idea. But those people that wait in line, obviously really, really, really want to get into that dealer's room. What if, and this is just a crazy idea, but what if they sold them like a special badge that there's limited to like 2,000 people that get to get in the dealer's room an hour earlier than everybody else?
2: You mean like Comic-Con.
1: Is that how it works at
2: Comic-Con? Comic-Con has a preview night. You can pay for an extra night, and they'll let you in early to the dealer's room where you can buy whatever the hell you want. I mean, it works like that at Comic-Con.
1: Does it work for them? I mean, does it? Yeah,
2: it works. Yeah, it works great. I mean, they... They said, like, get, pay an you, extra 20 you, bucks. And... You calm the traffic down. I mean, it's not as hectic the next day. And you have a better it, chance
0: it, of getting your limited edition Optimus yes, Prime that's exa- only sold at Comic-Con
2: or whatever. Yes, exactly. And that's what it's designed to do. you got these people coming in, and it's it's the night before. I mean, you're talking about two or three hours the night before the convention officially starts. They let people in early, and the dealers that are ready are ready, and the dealers that are not ready are not ready, and that's fine. They cover their booth with tarps or whatever. You know, it works very well that way, because you get the people who are just salivating to get into the dealer's room to buy stuff. They get in there early, and they get what they want, and the next day, maybe it's not as crazy. Okay. Know? yeah. So maybe they the... should follow their lead. I don't mm. know.
0: Yeah, as far as the dealer's room itself goes, obviously it was enormous. There were... A couple of the industry booths that they had there, but it didn't Some seem like... Some notably absent ones, too. Yeah, there was no Bandai. And no Viz. And no Viz, which struck me as kind of weird, but... Well, those guys, are, were...
2: those guys are both West Coast-based, right? And ultimately, you know, they might not decide that it's really worth their time to go out there. I can't speak for either of them, obviously. Yeah. I noticed also that it was the first time
0: I'd ever noticed the ADV booth... Not being run by Suncoast people. Wonder why that could be. Oh, that's right. It was actually Best ADV
1: buy. slash Best Buy. Yeah. yeah. But it was interesting. Was that it was actually staffed by ADV people. Right. That's that's First unusual. First time you
0: ever see David Williams behind the, his own booth. But in terms of deals, the main thing for the, this dealer's room at this convention was that the manga, pretty much across the board, was five dollars. There were not that many places that were selling manga for the full $10 price. Pretty much everyone decided, I guess maybe one guy said, Up oh, we will sell all our stuff for $5, then everyone had to follow suit or something to remain competitive. Right. And then similarly, the buy right DVDs or buy right anime or whatever they're called, the people who sell the really cheap box sets, they were there selling all kinds of stuff for $5 a disc and box sets for criminally yeah. cheap. And that's pretty much where I did most of my buying from sentence hey not only are they selling this stuff for five dollars a disc they they're the only people in this huge dealer's room that even has master keaton
2: i, I noticed one thing about that dealer's room was it was a disproportionate number of dealers that had absolutely nothing to do with anime oh like yeah. hey hey we're selling like hilarious internet catchphrase t-shirts internet catchphrase and, t-shirts and swords v for, yeah v for oh. vendetta masks that was the big thing a lot of people had those oh yeah <laughs> like Vendetta and Captain Jack
0: Sparrow are totally anime related.
2: Yeah, totally anime, and like, the, yeah, and then Captain Jack Sparrow stuff. And stuff like, they would just have like, here's a booth full of stuff that you idiot nerds will like. Like and that the contact happy.
1: lens dealer. I love the contact lens dealer.
2: <laughs> that guy's at every. Yeah, that guy's at Expo. Like yeah. that guy's at everything. <laughs> It's like the yaoi guy, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, that, the
0: yaoi yeah. guy with the rainbow yaoi sign and the dude's screaming, get your yeah. hot yaoi here. Does he really need to do that?
1: Do not people... anymore. Apparently he doesn't do it anymore. Apparently well, he they... doesn't
0: need to. It's like people are going to find him. It's not like you need – if you are a dealer and you have any trouble selling yaoi to people at an anime convention, may I simply I... suggest you find another line of work.
1: I actually asked the, one of the owners of that about that guy. Uh, and they, they asked him about you know why isn't he yelling this year and what is it with the yelling? And he said, you know he, that's just his personality. And apparently they, they asked him to keep quiet a couple of times so I guess that's uh, the path he's, he's followed.
2: That, that guy's been asked to keep quiet at almost every convention I've ever been at and mm-hmm. but they still it, let him keep it they still let him pay for a table, so what does he care? Right? It hasn't it has not hurt his business. let's just say that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh well. So, yeah, that pretty much covers the dealer's room. Um, of course, there was the one guy all the way in the back who always has the really nice posters and cells and yeah, that sort of thing. And I we spent a couple of maybe
1: 200 there.
0: Yeah, I, I bought some terrifying posters as well. And it's just as well because Otacon has something that no other dealer's room I've seen has. They have a post office right there in the dealer's room. So mm-hmm. you can mail things to yourself and not have to have all these bulky items on the plane with you.
1: I believe they started that last year, I think, and it, it turned into quite a success.
0: Yeah, I really like that. That was a yeah. really good thing about the dealers' room. I'll give them that. They managed to trick some postal employee to work a Sunday. I don't know how you pull that off. But... I don't know either.
2: <laughs> I doubt the stuff wasn't going to be shipped out until the next day. Oh, yeah, it wasn't going to be shipped <laughs> until Monday, but it's the thought that counts.
0: I don't have to carry the, all these DVDs back my bag. As far as thought counting goes, let's talk about some of the events at Otakon itself. What was the first thing you went to, Gerald? <laughs> Alright, well, i start. Go, go ahead, because <laughs> I'm just looking at the schedule now. Okay, I'm, I'm, well, the very I'm first... Into our panels. Yeah, I basically, when I go to conventions, I go for live programming. I don't really spend too much time in the video rooms, because most things that you'll see in AnimeCon video rooms is stuff you can either see for yourself on your own time, or stuff I have no interest in seeing anyway, and that's why I haven't seen it. So, I started off by going to the library poster session, which was essentially just a panel about running anime clubs out of a library, or if you r- work at a library, how to get manga stocked. Completely irrelevant to me, so I went to the internet catchphrase panel, which was actually not an internet catchphrase panel. It was just named, All Your Toys Are Belong to Us.
2: Oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty fashionable and hip, to use that one. Not at all worn out, but
2: this was a, <laughs>
0: a panel about toys, toy collecting. And it struck me as slightly odd, because the people running it, the very first thing they said was, hey guys, toys are something that you should buy to play with. Not... Things that you should buy to collect. Right. We're now going that. to spend the next hour telling you how to buy and store your toys so that they'll be worth something as collectors' items. What?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a panel that contradicted itself right,
0: right there at the start. Yeah, it, I mean, it was the PowerPoint presentation with like, don't stack these boxes more than three on top of each other, or more than six on top of each other. Don't do this, and you know, make sure the blister pack packaging is like this, this, and this, and. Ah, screw all that, man. I well, don't Well, here's get
2: it. here's what I don't get about a panel like that though. Anime toys aren't worth anything.
0: Right. It's not yeah. like the genetically like, Galgar is going to It's not, like, it's not fetch like the huge money from yeah, I mean, the wonderful you know, thing you... about anime is that
1: there isn't a collecting mentality.
0: As far as the... Well, there is. There yeah. is, well, I mean, but it's that's... not
2: it's not for profit. It's yeah. not yeah. like I'm collecting this cuz it's going to get me millions down the road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you can still buy, like, those blister-packed anime toys from, like, the early 2000s for pennies on eBay. I mean, they're not worth anything.
0: Mm hmm Yeah, and so I'm glad as far as that goes, but still, these guys are... I don't know what they were talking about. Maybe they're like, hey, go in the dealer's room and pick up that $250 (laughs) Jetfire and then store it like this. I don't know. I didn't spend a great deal of time in there. I caught the tail end of it. But then I caught a very good panel... It was the Sentai panel.
1: That's where I was, too. And I, I thought that those guys did a very good job of it.
0: And I would say, in terms of panel preparation, it was one of the best panels of the weekend. These guys knew what they were talking about. They had lots of visual aids. They kept things going at a reasonable pace. Mm-hmm. My only complaint, they didn't really talk that much about Jetman.
1: Jetman was just one of the shows that they showed during the Super Sentai era.
0: Yeah. When, in fact, they should have been running clips of you know a bunch of guys running away from a giant cup noodle monster in a rubber suit. <laughs> That was good. Going on at the same time was another panel I thought was kind of a letdown, The History of Gynax. A name like that, you think, oh, this is going to be pretty heavy-duty stuff. This is Otacon, where the super crazy fans come out to play. You're probably going to get, like, some high-caliber dudes talking about this stuff. Not exactly. Gerald, were you there for any of this?
1: The History of Gynax. I walked in and I walked out.
0: Okay. Why Why'd you walk out?
1: Because it's something that kind of sums up a lot of the my complaints <coughs> about the weekend which is it was two fans just talking about Gainax like fans which is what pretty much every single little con can do and i kind of expect more out of Otakon
0: considering that it cost me more to attend Otakon than it costs to attend every single other convention i'll go to combined
1: now there were panels later in the day the Studio Ghibli panel and the Studio 4C panel right next to each other these guys knew what they were talking about but at Otacon, if they have, like, the Studio 4C panel, I'd kind of like, you know, something more than two guys talking about Studio 4C. I'd like, you know, maybe the head of Studio 4C there. I mean, they got the head of uh, Madhouse there.
2: Uh, it, it, let me let me just interject here for a second. When you go to Expo, and they have Studio 4C, and they have a Studio PRO panel... They're boring though. Pe- no, they're awesome. Oh, okay. Like, the, the people from those companies show up. Like, the Japanese dudes from those companies they show up and they give you free stuff for being there like they give you japanese goodies and stuff it's cool like when you go to the studio 4c panel or the studio madhouse or the studio piero panel you get cool stuff and they they show you you know it it is actually like the head of studio piero who's there and at otacon you know what to be frank east coast conventions are different so when i go to those panels i'm like oh it's just two internet dudes hanging out talking about how much they love studio 4c like it's a little different. Is so it perhaps it,
1: maybe that I'm hoping for, you know, a West Coast convention when I'm getting an East Coast convention.
2: Well, I you know, I all I'm saying is I think it might be worth the time to, you know, shell out the extra cash to uh come out to Expo and check out some of the panels we've got out here. Okay. <laughs> it's, what it's worth. It's, I
0: thought those those guys, I thought they did a good job and they also had another panel that also went over really well. I'll talk about that in a minute. But afterwards, oh, another th- one I have to give credit to I didn't stay for all of it because it was two hours long, but the Gundam panel. The obligatory Gundam panel that's at uh, just about every con. The guys running it, I'd say they know what they were talking about, even though they were dressed up in goofy costumes. I don't know. Something about, like, when I go to a a fan-run panel that's not about cosplay, and the person running it is in a costume, I'm, like, (laughs) thinking... Man, this guy's got to be a joke.
1: <laughs> Thanks to Fast Karate for the gentlemen for that. For
2: letting me steal their jokes. Works like It's a charm. true, though. That's totally true. If I walk into a panel and someone's in a costume, <laughs> I don't need to be here. Like That's automatically what goes through my head.
0: Yeah. Fortunately, Boy, yeah. I, between the searing blistering heat and the fact that the that the costume contest and stuff were held in a totally separate arena that was totally separate from the convention center. I really didn't see a whole lot of, like, the big crazy costumes out and about in the halls.
1: I got a few photographs of some insane ones, including, I believe, an eight-foot-long wingspan fellow. Uh Oh. Got a photograph of it.
2: Most of the, most of the costumes I saw that were really elaborate were based on internet image macros and obnoxious catchphrases. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I was really unhappy with Oticon this year. Like, I don't expect to walk into the convention center and nine-tenths of the costumes I see are based on the, oh, really owl. Like, I really don't need to see that, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I walked into a convention about the internet. I thought it was an anime con, you know? Uh, You thought wrong, didn't you know that the internet (laughs) is anime?
0: And the only way you can get
2: anime is BitTorrent? Yeah, well, they don't sell it in stores, you know? No, no, they don't. (laughs)
0: When I was playing Dragon Quest VIII, I almost forced myself to go further, because at the very end I had the secret thing, and I beat all the secret things except one, where you have to fight the seven previous bosses, all at once, with no rest in between. And I looked it up on the internet, and it's like, yeah, your prize for this is nothing. And I was like, oh, you're going right back on the shelf.
2: <laughs> well, that makes sense.
0: Goodbye. And they're like, no, oh, you simply have to level up to 65. 38. <laughs> Just find some Metal King slimes, no problem. Yeah. You better find them on my bookshelf. <laughs> That's the only place this game is going to be for the next six years. Well, that also-
1: Dave and Joel's Best Karate for the Gentlemen. The anime podcast for people who don't like anime
2: Or podcasts.
1: Find us online at www.daveandjoel.com.
0: As proof of what he's talking about, there was not one, not two, not three, but at least four or five different people who had costumes constructed entirely of the boxes which contained the soft drink of their choice. Yeah. That was you actually a, a group of them, You had a Samurai, yeah. you had a guy dressed up in Ball's
2: Garana Armor.
0: Yep, mm-hmm. I saw that. Why are these guys there? Because this is the
2: place to be, it's the Youth Nerd Caucus. Uh, look, I saw the Quintuplet, I saw a guy dressed as Chuck Norris, that was his cosplay. I saw someone dressed as the O'Reilly Owl, I saw that. I saw a happy cat. And I saw Snakes on a Plane, so you got the quintuplet there. The, the Snakes internet. on a Plane
0: one, there was at least some construction that went into it, because he constructed an entire plane for him to have, and then he shaved his head so he could be Samuel Jackson, and then I guess he probably spray painted himself with a catchphrase, like, I want the motherfucking snakes <laughs> off
2: the motherfucking plane. I, but, I mean, why I, is he I, an Why is he there? Yeah. Why is he there? It's like, what is the point? Is, is this like a catch-all nerd convention or something? I guess they are now, that's why anime cons have that <laughs> explosive growth rate, it's not
0: because the anime. Um, excuse
1: me, explosive growth rate?
0: I'm talking about nationwide. Okay,
1: Otakon grew less than a percent, or a percent this year.
2: That's because they have an attendance gap.
0: The attendance gap was actually raised to 25,000. Yeah, and
1: they didn't even get close to that.
0: Yeah, and they basically got 22,300 over 22,000. Yeah, yeah, a little over 1%. I'll blame it on the terrifying heat and the fact that they were only selling the three-day passes.
2: Also because all the hotels were booked up by Yankees fans.
0: Yes, there was the Yankees game going on at the same time. There were three of them between the Yankees and the Orioles, and you can find out all the interesting stories that happened between the baseball fans and the cosplayers on some other shitty anime site. Those hey, uh, you know what?
2: That's all I uh, mentioned on my site. Oh, so I don't well. know what you're trying oh. to talk about. Here. I'm trying to talk oh. about the fact that uh, <laughs> you know, you guys aren't really on the ball
0: because <laughs> you're giving this, you know, these people a forum for their petty <laughs> cosplayer concerns. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's a good save.
1: Now, th- there was a uh, panel right after the Gundam panel that is worth talking about. There was a panel there which I was kind of expecting something out of but horribly disappointed me. Yeah,
0: Gerald told me, "Hey, Go to this panel. It's good every year.
1: Yeah, and the panel that he's talking about is called Older Otaku. And for the past (laughs) couple of years, they usually had these guys who were minimum age like 40. I believe there's one guy there who was 60. And they talked about anime back before there were even VCRs and things like that.
2: I was making a bunch of jokes about how at that panel they would be having, like, beard trimming tips and this falls hot to suspender fashions and things <laughs> like that. We were digging into that panel. I didn't go, but I'm anxious to hear what, you know, what it was like.
1: Older otaku, the biggest problem with this panel, and this kills it right away, is that if the people on the panel are my age, sure, I'm older than a lot of people there, but it still doesn't count as older otaku. When you got in at the same time as 20% of the con that is there. When I hear older otaku, I want to see those guys that were watching Astro Boy and Gigantor. As opposed
0: and, to, I saw sci-fi anime.
1: Yeah, I saw um, Sailor Moon in 1995.
2: So you're talking about, like, mid-20s? Late 20s, 30s? early
0: 30s. Yeah. is my estimate.
2: Well, you know, I mean... I
0: guess we're relics at this point. Well, it's I mean, depressing. you guys... I don't want to think of myself as an older (laughs) otaku, damn it.
1: There were people at the con and even at that panel. At that panel,
0: in the crowd. Who
1: were more qualified to run that panel. The one guy that... Made the first AMV. So maybe we have to kill him for creating the first AMV, but still... Creating that monster. He's more qualified to run an older otaku panel than those guys were. I don't expect people to talk about the days of tape trading. I expect people to talk about the days before the VCR existed.
2: Well, but I want to hear tape, horror
0: stories of the CFO.
2: But what? hey, tape trading is really old school. Yeah, it is. Things change. You can't really expect you walk up to an older otaku panel and they're all like in their 60s throwing laser discs at the audience because they right. don't know who they are. I mean, you can't really expect that because those guys don't even show up to conventions anymore. Well, I saw a lot of them at the convention, end, though.
0: Bro. Just to give you some reference, I looked on the schedule. I saw a panel called The Gathering of Cosplay Elders, and I made the joke, they must be 20. They were, in fact, roughly 20 years old. They were considered the cosplay elders. Oh, God.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know what to expect about this. <laughs> are you expecting to see, like, 40-year-old people who are cosplaying at, like, Anime Expo? I don't know what to expect uh, from six? cosplay I elders, mean, because I have nothing well... to
0: do with cosplay. It's just, this is what I was well... told by my
2: terror operatives. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I mean, anime fandom skews it's young. Very young. I'm 26. I'm considered old. I traded tapes back in the late nineties and I'm considered an old guy. So I would expect anyone who's cosplaying their first convention was in like two thousand. But they've been around long enough and the thing has all progressed long enough to where that they could seriously be considered elder statesmen of the whole thing. I wanna walk in and see some girl with a giant white beard wearing suspenders th- throwing laser discs at people. In but a that's hat. not really that's in a wizard hat, but that's not gonna happen. Ain't that
0: the sad truth? <laughs> <laughs>
1: quickly go through that. Madhouse, very good. Masao Mariyama was there, he hosted it, had a lot to say.
0: Yeah, he had a lot to say. We tried to get him to sing karaoke, but he wouldn't go for it.
1: Next year I'm gonna bring the music and the cards.
0: Yeah, now that we know what his favorite song is, we can have the lyrics ready for him. That was the only time I ever saw Masao Mariyama there at the con. They flew him out there for that, he did his one-hour panel and then was never seen again.
2: Did you guys see the trailer for that racing thing that they've got? Redline, or whatever that's called.
1: They showed that last year, I think, as well.
2: Right, but it looks really great. You gotta admit, that's gonna be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, once it comes out, definitely check that one out. Done pretty much by, what, one
0: guy? Mostly.
2: Yeah, apparently he's done the entire thing almost by himself.
0: I have to respect that. And then, in terms of respect, there was the all-male panel, otherwise known as the Mecha Trivia Panel. (laughs) Yes. As run by Man of Wax himself. First time he ever ran the panel ran into a lot of technical problems. That seemed to be the recurring theme of all the panels I attended. Problems with getting the laptop to display on their
1: it system. Seems, yeah, That's a problem with every panel at every AnimeCon in existence.
2: Not at Expo. Mm. <laughs> I don't mean to be like the asshole who's like, you know what, Expo? Landed plenty. I don't want to be like <laughs> that guy. But realistically, you don't really have those problems there. Huh. I think it's because a lot of the people who are out there are professionals already and they just have been there for so long that it gets run. Plus, there's a lot more money there, so for people
0: to spend on outrageous. Oh, yeah,
2: and th- they've got crazy equipment and everything, and it takes seconds for them to boot something up. And there's not a lot of technical difficulties. But I did notice that at Oticon that there were a lot of "Oh shit, what's going on with this laptop? We can't get it to display." Like that happened in at least three or four industry panels mm-hmm. I was at. Mm-hmm. Oh, even so. the
0: industry panels. <laughs> well,
2: the trivia contest was
0: special because. Gerald's good buddy, who I strongly suspect fears my power and deliberately skipped over me to compete in this thing, because he knew, obviously, that Daryl Surratt would crush these people like insects. So he settled for <laughs> the next, not quite as good thing. He picked Gerald.
1: Hey, shut up. I just grabbed the last ballot. That's it.
0: Uh, yeah. That's
1: all it is, is I grabbed the last ballot.
0: Uh, of course. And so, through complete happenstance and luck, Gerald managed to win. And since Gerald hates every single one of you listening to this podcast, he was given the choice of prizes. Prize number one that he could have chosen, a box full of DVDs from Anime Ego, a Bubblegum Crisis box set, and a whole bunch of other things. Option number two, a Gundam Seed model kit, where Gundam Seed is a show that he hates. He went to the crowd, he said, Daryl, which (laughs) one should I pick? And I said, pick the DVDs and give me the Bubblegum Crisis set. That just snapped off a switch in his mind, the idea of giving something away can't be done. No, you can't just give things away. These are mine. If I win things for free and I already own it, I should sell it on eBay. So Gerald took the model kit. So we don't have any prizes to be giving away to all you people who love us and listen to this show because Gerald hates every single one of you. Yes, I do. He's a selfish person, and that's why Max thought he was a Jew. Oh, I can't say that. (laughs) Sorry, Mel Gibson. (laughs) You're a bad influence on me.
2: Yeah, you guys are offending me. Offensive.
0: That's right. We pushed the envelope. Like Carlos Mancia. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't mention that. But there was another good panel on Friday. It was the panel that we ripped off of ourselves
2: at AFO. It was just called I Can't Believe You Haven't Seen This. So basically you guys run a panel about Super Gals and Kaleidosis stars? Yeah, no.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: no, we, we do a panel about things that we care about, which okay. are more important and for real. Things like yeah. <laughs> Crusher Joe. I thought that was a good panel, except the thing is is that a lot of things those guys showed is stuff that people wouldn't be able to see for themselves anyway. Oh, you can't track this down too bad. Bobby's Girl. That was something that they showed. It's a great thing, but... Wait, did you say Bobby's World? Bobby's Girl. Oh. It's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> no Howie Mandel. Did show things like, uh,
1: like Riding Bean.
0: Even though it was mega popular way back when, nobody knows about it now. Yeah, and I haven't heard
2: about Riding being in a long time.
0: And so I thought it was a good panel. After that, the guys who ran the Ghibli and Studio 4C panel did a thing called Your Favorite Anime Sucks. The crowd loved it. Ate it up. Was crazy for it. Room was packed. Everyone had the time of their lives. I personally just didn't think it was that funny.
2: Wasn't the idea behind that panel, somebody shouts out an anime title and these guys sit and say, like, this sucks because... Yes. They're
0: very quick on their feet. I guess very good at improv, and they also worked out some routines in advance. Proud of them words, they
2: predicted what they were going to say. Yeah,
0: they were able to predict the obligatory S- things everyone would throw out. Someone know?
2: would say Evangelion, so what will we say then? Right. Okay.
0: People love this. I had my hand up for an hour. They knew not to call me because they were afraid they could sense it that I was going to say Mad Bull. And anything that they'd say is the reason for Mad Bull to suck. I would have responded with No, no, that's why it's completely. Awesome. So, yeah, it wasn't fun for me because I had my hand up for an hour. At the
1: same time, I was watching a very weird movie that warped my mind called Belladonna. Belladonna the,
0: of Sorrow.
1: This is actually by the director of
0: Odin. That's right. Yeah. The world makes sense now. The guy made Odin, Cleopatra, and Belladonna. Worked under,
1: yeah, worked under Osama Tezuka. This is a very strange film. It and we is
0: want a copy of it. We have to get Badly.
1: It. And the guy, that was, it. the guy that was running the room had heard of our show.
0: Yeah, and he already knew about our show. He's listening to the show now, even. so. And this hey, was really doing, man?
1: cool that you showed this stuff. Even though people were going in there expecting porn, and this stuff is not porn, it is... Also-
0: Artful erotica. Yes. Gotta hand Oticon some credit. Their video rooms not only showed a good bit of obscure things, they showed a good bit of raw things. Yes. And even in a place that draws 20,000 people and the video rooms can hold thousands of people, there were still maybe about 50 people or so Willing to watch through unsubtitled stuff, which is better than I thought would be.
2: How did you spend your Friday night, Zach? Drinking? Uh. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, you're assuming I remember.
0: That must mean you must have <laughs> been drinking.
2: Now, well, uh, look, I gotta tell you, working for Anime News Network—it's not a, at a job a college, you can do sober. I understand. Well, wh- <laughs> you can't work for Anime News Network and go to a convention and expect it to be, like, fun, it's work. People would depend on our site to, like, pump out the news as it happens. So anything that was happening on Friday, we had to be there. Any industry panels, anything where anything might have been remotely announced, I mean, we were there with our laptops, like, typing stuff up and making sure it got onto the Internet as fast as possible so that everyone would have to source us. That's kind of the point. Ultimately, my Friday was mostly running around. I believe my Friday, I interviewed Kota Hirano, the...
0: Helsing.
2: Helsing. Creator of yeah. Helsing, yeah. I'm a big Helsing fan. That's kind of my show. It's kind of my comic. I really dig that. So that was kind of a high point for me. But Friday was kind of a... Yeah, because Saturday is when all the industry panels were Right.
0: And so Saturday came along. And for the life of me, I don't think I had anything to do until... There were some bad panels on Saturday, though.
1: (laughs) Yes, there were, and I told myself that I would never attend an industry panel again.
0: Why? Just
1: because because largely what these industry panels turn into is one or two announcements, and then this mass grab-ass for free DVDs.
2: Yeah, it's kind of annoying. I had to go to all three of those panels because I had to write the ADV panel report. That was what I had to do at Oticon this year, was write the ADV panel report, was go to Mm -hmm. three hours' worth of these panels and... Sit through all of this stuff, and people ask the same questions over and over and over again. They make a little announcement. Did Monica Real stuff anything down her shirt? Uh, You know what? Maybe my brain is blocking that out after a couple of weeks of therapy, but. (laughs) I'm, I'm joking. Monica Real is a fine person.
1: I guess my complaint is about the panel itself.
2: Well.
0: Obviously, you've noticed that the amount of licenses that are being announced in this day and age is significantly less than what it used to be even a few years ago. Do you think maybe that they just don't have an hour's worth of announcements and stuff to fill anymore?
2: They used to. But, I mean, come on, guys. Party's kind of over. It was over a couple of years ago. These companies aren't making eight announcements at a convention anymore. When you go to an ADV panel, and you're happy that they announce one or two licenses. Do you think maybe they shouldn't have
0: three panels then?
2: They have three panels for a very specific reason to make the fans happy. They run these panels for the fans. It's not for the press. It's not for guys like us to sit here and meticulously, like, take extensive notes on the industry or anything like that. They run these panels for the fans. The fans show up, and they have a good time. And that's all that really matters. And, yeah, the panels not might not be, like, excellent or whatever. They might not be, you know, okay, so it's, it's 75% questions about I don't have anime network in my hometown of Topeka or whatever. But ultimately, criticizing the panels for not being exactly what the press wants or what people like us want, I don't know that that's valid. I mean, it's there for the fans. The mistake of that
0: is assuming that everyone's equal, when in fact the truth is is that I am so much better than the rest of the world. And so the whole world should revolve around me, right, Gerald? Exactly. See, yeah, see, he agrees. That's two. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, yeah, there are a lot of just terrifyingly well-attended things that, I guess nobody expected, but maybe they should have. Like, the Kingdom Hearts panel.
2: (laughs) Oh man, I was there for the aftermath. For those
0: of you who don't know, Kingdom Hearts is now, like, the number one thing to cosplay at your anime convention. Never mind the fact that Kingdom Hearts isn't an anime. It's still the number one thing to dress up as. That and Final Fantasy, take your pick. Those are, by far and away, the most popular things. So... So many people showed up for this thing, and it just ended up being a logistical nightmare trying to get these people in, and I happen to know that the people in charge of panels were grossly understaffed due to people not showing up, and Dragon Master Lou got two hours of sleep that weekend, and hates his life right now. So I didn't go to that. I just saw the terrifying amount of Keyblades as far as the eye could see and decided to walk the other
2: direction. There's selling mass reproductions of those now, right? I hope so. Yeah. I hope
0: it's not just...
2: Well, Actually, there's I fans. I don't hope
0: so, but yeah, I hope there's not that many people all making the exact same Keyblades at this point, but, yeah, uh, I don't know.
2: I was there because I was waiting for the digital manga panel. Oh, right, It was yeah. right after that where they announced their not totally related hardcore yaoi. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Clarissa's explained it to us, Zach.
0: They're totally different audiences. Yep. Different
2: audiences and, notably, different tax IDs. Yeah. <laughs>
0: hey. That's, that's the difference. <laughs> Blue has nothing to do with Tokyo Pop whatsoever.
2: Absolutely not at all.
0: Cross our hearts, hope to die. (laughs) There were a lot of other panels, a lot of ones run by J-List.
1: Oh, I only attended the latter part of Without One in order to get into another panel,
0: which I kind of wish I hadn't. You can say you didn't want to go to the 4chan panel, Gerald, you can say that. It's okay. It just felt like
1: a cult, and I just had no idea what was going on half the time, since I don't know any of the jokes that were going on in that room.
2: I I, uh, excuse myself from talking about 4chan.
0: (laughs) The con president doesn't want that 4chan panel coming back next year because their staff wasn't equipped to handle
2: the line for it. Here's what I don't get. This is the equivalent of dropping a something awful panel into the middle of an anime convention well i I guess 4chan is primarily built around hentai anyway well no but it's guys who like to pretend that they're too cool for anime fandom that like to shout hateful shit at everyone Mm. that's like this podcast and, and that's well okay right you can't drop that into the middle of a convention where everybody's kind of expecting to be accepted you got a lot of these people that are showing up and they're like hey Nobody here is going to pick on me. Oh wait, half of these people are here to laugh at me. Yeah, I you, think that's you, good. You can't really do that. You know, I mean, you can't really pull that off. And God is it bless 4chan. It's a geek fallacy. God bless 4chan whatever the hell it is they're doing, but you can't show up to something like this and be a bunch of rude ass dickheads and then expect everybody to be totally cool with whatever it is you're doing. You just got to have some little social common sense. These people don't have that.
0: I guess it was more the people attending it than the actual panel in and of itself, which was quite tame. It seems
2: like people who are holding
1: the panel were very normal-minded people
0: that are listening to this right now. That's very
2: very obvious. It's just the crowd that it attracts.
0: And speaking of crowd that it attracts, I didn't expect this at all. It's the first time I've ever seen this in my life going to anime conventions. There was a panel for old-school anime.
1: And it had a line. And it
0: had a huge line for it, waiting for the, the old-school anime line. panel to
1: start. I couldn't believe it myself.
0: Incredible. I was amazed. I was blown away. And then... We
1: were really excited about this. This, this could be really neat. And then the panel
0: was hosted by a guy dressed as Space Ghost. That was the warning sign number one. He seemed like he was an okay guy, but the panel itself was bad. It was really wishy-washy. A lot of the people in the crowd were the real old-school anime people. Like, there was one old guy who was the guy I'd expect to be running this thing. The people who are like, old school anime is a relative term because I don't want to get anybody mad at me. For the purpose of reviewing things on this podcast, and we refer to things as old school, we're kind of considering things in terms of the origin of a concept. Where did this come from? This idea that you keep seeing repeated in other shows. Oh, it can be traced back to this. That's my personal idea, and I think a lot of people in the crowd were there for that because a lot of people were communicating via PictoChat and text messages, many of them directed towards me or Gerald, Mm -hmm. how lame the panel was. And I haven't heard a single good thing said about this anywhere online at all. What's the deal with that? Is it just that if you want these things done right, you have to do them yourself or what? I don't know, because it's like you were saying with the older otaku thing, the people who were running the previous one were all in the crowd, right? Yeah. So is it a case of... These people just didn't ask for their panel? Or is it a case of, we need new blood running these things, let's get my friend to do it? I wish I knew. It is a mystery. Oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. Fucking internet catchphrase. <laughs>
2: That's f- pretty old too, man. I mean, you're showing your age. Though. Yeah, yeah. it's That's at least oh, a month ago. Oh,
0: yeah. And so last week, oh well. I didn't really go to too many other panels. I went to the Japanese wrestling panel briefly. I don't know why it's there at the Anime Con, but... For what it's worth, the guys there knew about Japanese wrestling. It was nothing I didn't know, so I left. There was one guy who was there for the entire weekend at Otakon, dressed up as Jushin Thunder Liger. And all he did was sit in a chair. That was his convention experience.
1: And he's done that for like two years previous as well.
0: And he had friends with psychosis masks and Dr. Wagner Jr. and a title belt, and I don't get it. He didn't do anything related to the con. He just sat there at a table in front of a room, and that was his con. I don't get it. Why do people do this? To be noticed, which is what they
1: do at an anime con.
2: At some point, somebody should just hold attention horror con, and they should abbreviate it in like kooky Japanese style, like at ho con. And they right exactly, and and then you get everybody showing up, and they're like skimpy cosplay and people in internet catchphrases, and everybody can schedule a panel, and it's 24 hours for 72 hours anyone can get up on a stage and be like look at me and yeah so there you go
1: this is an amazing idea
2: they should do that at some point I swear to god it would make a lot of money. it'll make gangbusters charge a hundred bucks a head (laughs) it'll make a, a ton of money maybe I'll do that
0: yeah I think this is the the secret to success very much like how my friend had a bad idea thinking that the worst possible thing you could do at an anime convention was speed dating And now we're seeing speed-dating panels showing up at con after con after con. Even Otacon had speed-dating. It's terrifying. I've never been to one of those, but I should. That's the horror that I might be partially responsible for unleashing by saying, yeah, it's a good idea to do that. That's just more the deconstruction of falling stars that's happening.
2: What I meant was that I should go to those and And take photos and 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 videos and then post them on something. Yeah, yeah, you need to learn the
0: truth. And that's (laughs) where the truth is, is that speed-dating panels... At an anime convention, really? Yes. There
2: was one of those there.
0: Yeah. There are multiple. We've been, in the last three conventions I've been to, there have been three speed dating panels, and they're packed and they're frightening. Jesus Christ. Yep. That's yeah, See, now you know the truth, Zach.
2: That's you've blown my mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Speaking of things being blown up, Saturday night.
2: <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to say. It. Speaking of things being blown. No, no, no. We're not orange. <laughs> down, eh? <laughs>
0: After Hours, con stuff. Gerald was with me. I went to the uh, Geek Nights hotel room, another podcast. Did an episode with them. And you can expect that to be uploaded next week. We'll tell you about it when it comes out. It's a really Mm -hmm. good episode. It is. That I encourage everyone to listen to. By then it was 3 a.m. and we went to sleep. So we could get up in time for Sunday. What happened Sunday morning?
2: Maybe you know something about that, Zach. I can't tell you about Saturday night, but... Sunday morning I can tell you that I did not have any desire to wake up in time for the eleven o'clock Anime News Network panel, which
0: <laughs> Well was covered at that panel.
2: But... Well, you know, we weren't on the con schedule because my boss, who is the best boss in the world, I gotta tell you. He is the ultimate world's greatest boss. I'm gonna buy him a mug that says <laughs> number one boss after this is over. Registered for a panel a week before the convention. <laughs> So, we were not on the official schedule, and they managed to schedule us on Sunday where no one's at Otakon. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Otakon is dead on Sunday. We were there. Most conventions
0: in general are.
2: No, even most of the conventions I've been to on the last day, they're not this dead.
0: Oh, yeah. Otakon's dead.
2: It's dead at Otakon on the last day. So, they scheduled us for 11 o'clock in the morning. We showed up and everything was cool, and we talked about the site and what we've got planned. And What we had do you our, have we,
0: planned? Show yourself. Promote. That's what this it, is. Anime
2: News Network? Well, I'll tell you. You know what? I'll tell you what we've got. Tomorrow, which is Friday, I assume this podcast won't actually be released until. Oh, March no. By March, the time sometime. it comes out,
0: it'll... it'll be two weeks old.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay so, last Friday. I posted a an hey answer man calling with a special edition snakes on a plane banner, which I'm sure you'll all be very impressed by. And or you'll send me emails telling you I'm a miserable pandering whore. <laughs> Other than that, we've got a couple of contests and stuff coming up, but this is the stuff that we plugged the, at the panel. It was a pretty good panel, that it wasn't advertised meant that we got sort of a smaller crowd but well, we did give a lot of way, uh, a lot of stuff away and
0: yeah gerald took three dvds by himself two yeah, yeah no, I mean... no, you, you took three it took two shoot fighter Tekkens and one full metal alchemist and full metal alchemist does a show you despise but you took it because it was there
1: took it because yeah. you told me to take it i would Yeah, but so uh, you could pressure.
0: give it to me it had the ultimate eye in it and now you won't give it to me because it's like uh, give can't give this away even though it's something i despise like i'll put it on ebay and you took one too. Yeah, I took the one about the Mexican wrestlers, thank you.
2: Dude, don't take shit from our panel and put it on eBay. Come on.
0: No, that's how Gerald rolls. <laughs> put anything on eBay. <laughs> I'm taking shit so I can run it at AWA.
2: <laughs> this is why nobody will send you shit for free. Anyway. Um... I don't need shit for free. <laughs> we gave away a lot of stuff, and it was kind of a small panel. I mean, it was just me and Bamboo. There were a lot of questions for her. And in the fall, we're running yet another Naruto contest. As you guys know, I'm sure.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm on top of that.
2: <laughs> no, you're not. We're running a uh, another contest for another Naruto GameCube game. The next one, whichever the next one is. In Japan or here? Here. Part two, then. Yeah, we're running a contest for Japanese people. Like, they sent me an email that was like, hey, man. Because there's so much
0: Japanese knowledge. Because they, you know what,
2: The Japanese people, they love running contests with American people who they don't know.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I, can, I can vouch for that. Anyway, the next Naruto game to come out, Clash of Ninja 2, we are running a contest called Naruto Director's Chair. And is that the one they... where you
0: draw your Naruto character? And yeah,
2: no, 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 we already did that, as, you, as you've seen. We we're running right. Naruto Director's Chair, where they fabricate a movie poster for a Naruto movie that they would like to see. It Tell sounds only like a good not... idea,
0: especially since half of them will be like, Orochi Maru <laughs> on a plane.
2: Tell me you don't want to see. I want to see that, like, the results for that. Yeah, like, I, I look forward yeah. to seeing. Like, I think it's going to be good. Return so, of the filler arc. <laughs> so I think it's going to get a lot of people in on that. And frankly, more, more the, or
0: less than the amount of people who entered the pat labor contest.
2: Yeah, we had five entries on the pat labor contest. That old school stuff well, you, that you, got you guys so much. You got the guy who so legally much.
0: changed his name to I don't Megazone? Even, not Zoner. No, the dude who won the contest. With the Harlock oh. thing. He like legally changed his name to something crazy.
2: He did? I that think guy? so. <laughs> the like really weirdo guy yeah, that yeah, like, yeah. was surrounded by his old school merchandise? Yeah, yeah, the Harlock <laughs> test dude. His... Harlock Hero? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think maybe he even changed his
0: name to Harlock Hero for real. I don't know. There was something no. bizarre involved in that. Oh my god. And I'm pretty that sure is... he even posted it in the anime news network forum in response to having won the contest.
2: I don't remember because it was a while ago. Well, one of those guys, we gave out those pat labor boxes, and ultimately they did not offer us a contest on pat labor two. <laughs> hmm, <laughs> like they I... sent me one, and it's going to be reviewed on the site. But we, d- we they were not offered a contest. Ones. No, we did not get extras. We were not offered a contest. That's fine. It's their choice. Yeah, we got very few people, and to me, ultimately, what that says is that. The interest in the old-school stuff, and that's really old-school stuff, yeah. and like the Pat Labor, Pat Labor 2, those are great movies. I love Phenomenal movies. films. Yeah, we just mm-hmm. talked about the second yeah. one. Like... Yeah, no, I listened to a review, and it was very accurate, and those are great films. I mean, it's Mamoru Oshii. But, but at the same time, $90. <laughs> okay, let's not get into that $90 thing. But... Okay, at the same time, oh, the amount of people who... At the same time, they're not going to sell. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, nobody's going to buy those. So, it's a little difficult. The question we wrangle with ourselves all, all the, time. the time is there it's any way to even?
0: Buster. It's not necessarily oh damn these people for not liking the same stuff I like, so much as hey maybe these people just don't have the opportunity to even see or know about this stuff because you can't really discover things on your own given the sheer amount of stuff that's out there. Someone's got to say hey check this out, mm-hmm. and so we always are trying to think well what can we do with that? And one of the ideas we had was the
2: panel go clip and people will say hey cool what's that thing and I don't know if it works or not probably not but no yeah. I, I think I think that's a very worthwhile endeavor yeah. to be honest I mean like there's so much old school stuff I mean these days stuff like Escaflon that's yeah. old school yeah people
0: were saying that at the old school anime panel I mean we live in an age where Pokemon is not 10 years old yeah and so Jesus. there'll be people saying yeah I was there a decade
2: ago back when Ash first chose Pikachu
0: <laughs> Those were the days,
2: and it seems ludicrous to us to sit around and say like, "Hey, when Pokemon, fuck you!" Like that's yet you your first response. Like that's not old, but then you look at the stuff you've got in like Marmalade Boy, Escaflown like Ronma. This is old school stuff. I mean, walk up to a anime fan. Thing- and today. And, so and ask like, them what hey, Rama we, is, and they won't ask know. Them, they won't have a damn clue. And that's like, one good thing that has come out of the modernization of anime fandom is that nobody remembers Rama one half. Yep. I think you have to be able to look at anime fandom right now and look at what is considered old school to them. You have to have perspective on fandom as it currently exists and be able to look at them and say, like, "Kyokaramao Karamao might be old to these people.
0: But then what know? does that make, say, Star Blazers? If Kill is old school. We need to have new terms. We need to have prehistoric or something. Star, yeah. Blazers,
2: Star Blazers has got to be like watching The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. <laughs> I mean, that's the <laughs> Battleship of Temkin. I mean, that's what you're watching when you're watching Star Blazers or, or, or Astro Boy or Macross. You know, you're watching really old stuff. Yeah, okay, you know, it built itself up as being sort of the old school, but now that stuff is history. It's not old school anymore. It's history. Okay. So we do need a new term, though. And the term is history. (laughs) Fossils. (laughs) Fossils is a good
0: word. I
2: think that's a good word.
0: Relics of a forgotten era. Oh, well. Interesting. Interesting idea. We welcome feedback on this matter. Yes, we do. Be sure to let us know what you think. But yeah, what other things happen Sunday? Of note. Other than the phenomenal Anime News Network panel. (laughs) As run by very well hungover people.
1: The podcasting panel.
0: 10 a.m. Sunday. Who gives, who makes, what, what this? <laughs> schedule someone to do a panel at 10 a.m. on Sunday? Fortunately, people attended it. Not all of whom were other podcasters, believe it or not. There
1: were about five people. Ah, uh, yeah, rooms.
0: that's about right. You but, guys had more people than we did. No, oh, we weren't running that panel. No, it was just a panel we were attending. <laughs> no,
2: nope. you were on that panel.
0: Oh yeah, we were called up at the very end, just because we were end. podcasters who happened to be in the audience, but no, I wasn't actually running the panel or having anything to do with it. No, the Geek Knights guys ran that. Their website is frontrowcrew.com. They do like a show every day, and they're inhuman, is what it boils down to. They can't who be listens- killed by conventional weapons,
2: even. Who- Trust who- me, I tried. Who listens to a podcast that updates every day?
0: Geeks. Fanatics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's just Monday through Thursday, but each day is a different subject. So, there's one anime show each week. Did anyone go to the con feedback session?
1: No, there was a mad rush to send stuff and to pack up the hotel
0: room. Right, we had All to I check remember out. remember after that. Apparently, this is what I keep seeing as the official Otacon response to every complaint that's levied against them on their forums, is that, hey man, don't blame us, we're a fan convention. And that's our yeah. reason.
2: That's a good reason, though. Well, yeah.
0: It absolves (laughs) you completely of any responsibility whatsoever. That's
2: that's like a big shrug. What? We're idiots. What do you want? (laughs) And, you know, hotels are already sold
0: out for the next one.
2: Not that they actually are idiots, but you know what I'm saying. Like, that's the response.
0: Overall, I don't know if I really ever want to come back to this convention ever again. It's not that it was horrible, so much that there were things that went wrong that... For a con that size, I didn't think should be going wrong. Frankly, between the city of Baltimore and the hotel situation and the cost of going there, and with a few exceptions, most of what was there was something that I could get just from going to one of the local Florida conventions that are like an hour away from me. I'd mentioned on the Ninja Consultant podcast that I compared Oticon to the house from the jerk starring Steve Martin. <laughs> the beginning he's living in this rundown broken up house where the stairs are all crooked and crappy and then eventually he becomes rich and so he buys a bigger house except the house isn't actually a better house it's the same house only larger the stairs are still crooked but the staircase itself is much much bigger otakon is that house still the same problems there was just twenty thousand people there maybe
1: you're not giving the con itself but your experience there was good wasn't it i mean you got to meet podcasters that wouldn't go to any other con you got a pile of dvds for
0: like 50 bucks that would cost you a hell of a lot more those are what i mean by like the few exceptions the people who i met there and that dealer in the dealer's room that happened to go to Otakon and doesn't happen to go to other conventions those are the few extra things but it's not worth my paying the exorbitantly higher amount of money to attend Otakon than it is to just skip out on that So unless they really really shape up next time around, I don't know, it's not really my
2: deal. It's not because Otakon sucks, it's, it's because... the city of Baltimore is a shitty place. It's it, Baltimore and the, sucks, and they're in a bad area, and, like, right. we all we all wish that, like, Otacon would find a better area. But they keep and, repeatedly and, stating we're never going to move from the
0: Baltimore Convention Center unless... Yeah,
2: and we're and, all sort of hoping that they're not actually going to stick to that. They can move to Washington, D.C. They can move to D.C., and, you know, I don't really know what the convention space is. The Kotacon like, area you? was very nice, I did attend Katsokan,
0: but I didn't see their convention center, convention center area. It was just held in, like, a large hotel, is my understanding. I don't know if Washington, D.C. has the facilities to hold Otacon. They've repeatedly said they don't want to do Philadelphia, even though it's my understanding that most of the people who are in charge of Otacorp, which is the company that puts on Otacon, is in Philadelphia. I guess they don't want to do Philly. I guess apparently the logistics of that are even worse. I don't know. I've never been to Philly.
1: From what I heard, they were quickly running out of just space on the East Coast that could manage. Them. You know where's got hotels.
0: space,
2: Gerald? Orlando, that's right. They should have the con in Florida. That would be good. Take hundred thousand people. <laughs> you know what? If they held that stuff in Orlando, I would totally be there. Like totally. Well, there definitely is awesome.
0: the space because the convention center is a monster there.
1: It can hold a hundred thousand people, and there's hotel rooms for more than that.
0: Oh yeah, they've well, got obviously. the space. The drawback is that there's. <laughs> other cons. No, it's gotten much more manageable in recent years. And you
1: know, after experiencing Baltimore,
0: Orlando is heaven. Oh yeah, because I mean we're from Florida, and even we were dying in that heat. Yeah. It was bad news. That is crazy. Routinely, extremely warm out in Florida, but yeah. There's definitely the Orlando Convention Center, but I think what Otacon really wants is they want to try and stay as close to the middle of the East Coast as they can, because that way it's Roughly equidistant for the most amount of people, so I understand that. At the same time, they're already at like their maximum capacity as it is.
2: And I so, think they should move to New York City.
0: Does New York City really have? Because all the times I keep thinking of cons in New York City, they've all been disastrous. New York City, so, if they went, oh there, they've got New York Comic Con there, right?
2: They do, but in New York Comic Con is kind of a disaster because they turn a bunch of people away. But right,
0: that's what I remember here.
2: New York City, they would just have to book most of the Javits Center, which is down near the Hudson River. There aren't a lot of hotels that are really close to it, but New York City's full of taxis, so it really wouldn't be that big of a deal to hold it there. You Maybe have it would more be too space. hard
0: to get the hotel deals worked out.
2: Well, New York City is extremely expensive. Right. So I imagine would, that
1: it would be like $100 a ticket then. Seventy-five dollars yeah. a ticket.
2: Eh, well, okay. You you get maybe up to sixty, sixty-five. Mm. But mm. anime fans don't have any money, so they're not going <laughs> to charge a hell of a lot. I, I don't know. I th- I think they could find a better space in Baltimore.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: I kind of had a similar experience that I've had before. I think that the panels were worse than they have been since I've been going there. But it, I mean, it evened out with the people I got to meet. So
0: yeah, I I have no complaints about the people I got to meet.
1: So, I'm saying that my experience is enough that I would consider going back. Ah. Uh, That's my end result.
0: Alright, well. Maybe the people I got to meet aren't worth spending that much money over. Okay, met you once. That was cool. See you on the internet. That works for me.
2: Gotta tell you, I mean, I have to go to Oticon. like I have no choice. I have no choice, but. But he's gone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and with that. <laughs> End of story, I suppose. (laughs) Um, Sorry about... If (laughs) they thought it was just, like, fitting, it's It's like, oh, well, ultimately, I think... Gone. (laughs) I don't have to be here.
2: It was a very well-run convention. I think they did a decent job with the crowd that they have and the space that they had. I think the panels were scheduled appropriately. Coming from a press perspective... We really hate it when the conventions schedule every single industry panel on the same day, one after the other. We don't like that. This convention, they were a little more spread out, and it was a little difficult to find the rooms, but it was a very very well-planned convention. The problem was the people, people who showed up. This job would be great if it wasn't for the fucking customers.
0: Yes, uh, that's a a Kevin Smith quote, Gerald, just so you know. I have to educate Gerald on these things.
2: Ultimately, what irritated me about Otakon, it was the fans. They're really irritating. If they were a little bit more subdued, a little bit more controlled, a little less prepubescent, it would have been fine. But eh, I found the whole thing kind of annoying because half the people there were screaming teenagers, shouting catchphrases at the top of their lungs.
0: Is that not just the face of
2: modern anime
0: fandom as a whole, though? Is there
2: anything oh, that it, can be done Oh, but it's not for? if you come to Anime Expo. I see. <laughs> hmm. Is Anime Expo just the one exception to the rule? I think it is. I mean, you show up and it's big enough and it's quiet. It's not that noisy. It's not that annoying.
1: So does Fanime have kind of the similar atmosphere as Oticon does
2: then? Have not been to Fanime. Could not comment. Mm -hmm. I've been told Fanime is a very good convention. It's the dignified fan-run convention. It's the convention that's run by fans, by fans, for fans... Fans show up, and it's not as ludicrously over the top. I'm not trying to say, like, West Coast anime fans, Dignity, East Coast anime fans, Brazen Harlots. I'm not trying to say that.
0: Although we should note that you
2: are on the West Coast, and we are on the East Coast. You could derive that from my comments. (laughs) I think that's really the big difference. And I think you East Coast guys should definitely come out to the West Coast conventions and check them out. I think you'd have a great time.
0: I guess we better wrap this up since it's running slightly long and you've got a Snakes on a Plane premiere to catch.
2: I do have a plane to catch, yeah. Yes. Indeed. <laughs> Zach Birchie, Answer Man. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks a lot, guys. You guys have an excellent podcast. You're the only anime podcast that i listen listened to. Very entertaining. Very informative. I do appreciate it.
0: Alright, that's gonna do it for this episode of Anime World Order and yes, I did hear the hissing sound. That's a weird audacity thing and i Tell Gerald how to fix it, but I don't have time because I have to release this episode now because I have no idea whether or not a hurricane is going to come and destroy my home. Anyway, next week on Anime World Order, two things. One, Clarissa will be back. Number two, we're not going to be back at the regular show format. But it's not going to be a convention report. No, what we're going to have instead is we are going to catch up on listener emails but our special guest for that episode is going to be Dave Merrill. Dave Merrill is the fearless leader behind animehell.org. He was also the chair of Anime Weekend Atlanta for several years and if you've ever seen Otaku Unite, the documentary, he's in that as the crazy drunk guy saying that geeks watch Star Trek and anime as for real human beings. I sure proved him wrong on that one. You can go to his personal website, www.mrkitty.org. That is on the sidebar of our website, which once again is animeworldorder.com. We'll see you hopefully in a week. That is to say, if I haven't been flooded out of house and home by then.